Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Now at your service. Welcome to the St. Louis Composting Garden Hotline with Mike Miller on the voice of St. Louis KMOX. Thanks, Scott, and welcome to you. Thanks for stopping by. We'll be taking a good gardening stroll shortly, but right now, if you have questions, concerns, or comments about your plant materials, whether they're inside or outside, 314-436-7900 or 1-800-925-1120. I'll share information with you, and uh, some of my information has come from uh, just personal experience. Some has come from college. Some's come from working at the Botanical Garden. So uh, Botanical Garden, I spent four years in the English Woodland Garden. And my final year at the Botanical Garden, I I went into the Climatron. Because when in 1960, when I was in sixth grade in Ellisville Elementary, we went to a field trip in the Climatron. And that was the first year it was open. And it was like, wow. So I figured I'd have to work there before I left the Botanical Garden. This is Saturday morning, and we'll have a discussion about whatever is impacting your yard, whether it be front, back, or side, whether that specialty garden space has really worked out for you, and uh, those houseplants. Hopefully, you've got them inside, even though it hasn't been really all that cold yet. Uh, soon, it's going to get there, and you could get some damage. And sometimes, leaving pl- you know plants out, even if it's not cold, I mean, they can get uh, kind of sunburnt and things like that because this, they were in this, let's say, the shade of deciduous trees, and the deciduous trees are losing their leaves, and whoa. And should you be doing this, what, you know, improving your soil this time of year? Especially now when it's this wet, don't do it. You just make a big mess, and it'll be taking a long time for it to recover. And, you know, keep your eye out for uh, bugs and diseases. When Tracy and I were out yesterday— we were. I, I pointed. Wow, here's a caterpillar that was just you know crawling. Out. We were out in uh, St. Charles at the Antique Mall, and uh, it was just crawling right along there. I think that's where it was. Anyway, it was someplace we saw one, and I saw a butterfly too, and uh, that kind of caught me by surprise. It seems like kind of late for that, but this is your show, and I appreciate you inviting me into your home car or wherever you happen to be listening. Another very important player is Drew. He's producing. He answers the phone, pushes all the buttons and everything else. And I'm Mike Miller. I've been hosting the Garden Hotline since 1994. I can come to your home and do landscape consultations if you like. I call them a walk and talk. And uh, you can go to my website, MikeMillerDesigns.com. And on the homepage, there's uh, 
an email address, but I'm changing my email address. I'm in a transition point where that one is the AT&T email address, which is still functional, but uh, I'm going to have a new one soon, and it's mmillerdesigns22 at gmail.com. So got to change some certain things, and that's just kind of how it is. And uh, my phone number's there, too, so you can always reach me by phone. Well, let's get moving. Today's stroll is brought to you by St. Louis Composting, 636-861-3344. As I stepped out of the house, whoa, the gust of wind, and I saw it was gusting pretty hard a couple times during you know the evening and night, too. I, I was sitting there, I forget what I was actually doing, reading something, and I said, I yelled, whoa, because the maple trees right at, you know, that we have for street trees, they were really whipping last night. It was really kind of amazing. And so gusty winds today, too, is still going on and rain off and on during the night. And we just had a really kind of hard downpour. I think it might be already over. It's almost like turning on a faucet and then turning it off. But gusty winds as I stepped out of my car, too, and Casilli Urns. Robust marigolds still really look good. And there were some holly shrubs that had a whole lot of berries on them. And the majority of holly that have berries are the females. And they do have to have males in close proximity to pollinate them. There's celosia. There was a pile of mulch there ready to be spread. A lot of it had already been used. Historic homes. And the parkway plantings in this area, and this is on Lafayette between Mississippi and Truman Boulevard. There were paper bark birches. There were cannas. There were ornamental grasses. There were the, the other things that I talked about. It was just kind of really amazing. And uh, just uh, everything was really kind of soggy and wet, but the tr- all the leaves that had fallen from the trees they couldn't move even with these strong winds because they were so wet from the rains that have come recently. And uh, the east winds have really kind of helped me out, at least right now, in my own yard as far as the amount of raking and leaves that I have to bag up and then put in the landfill, <laughs> the landfill dumpsters in the alley because the east winds blew a lot of the leaves that I mean, we had a lot, probably like there was a couple areas of sidewalk and along the edge of the street that uh, the leaves were like six six inches plus deep, and the winds over the night whew, blew them away so but the thing is there's going to be some southwest winds coming, and that's going to blow them back right where they were, and probably a lot more out of a Christie park, so that's kind of the the circumstance but uh Anyway, this was near Lafayette Square, and it's just uh, just kind of a neat area, obviously, historic with all those homes and everything else. That was, you know, the nice thing that you can see when you're driving or just walking along there. And even, you know, the way with the daylight savings time almost over, uh, that means spring forward, fall back. And so maybe it'll be a little bit lighter when I have to take my good gardening stroll because, I mean, sometimes it's so dark. If there wasn't any kind of street lights, I couldn't see a thing, or I, it's hard to difficult, or it's difficult to see. And there was a couple of shrubs. I couldn't tell what they were because, it, you know, it was so dark. But uh, 
anyway, hopefully you're having a good time. And uh, there's, like I, we just heard from Jake, uh, or Scott, sorry, Scott Jekyll. <laughs> but uh, there's a uh, Veterans Day circumstance going on today. And I'm a veteran myself of the Air Force, 69 to 73, where I was associated with the B-52s and the aerial photography they took. And uh, spent six months in Guam reading aerial photography from the bombing runs we did in Vietnam. And when I was stateside, we were doing radio or radar significant mapping and charting and things like that. So uh, four years, well, only three years and nine months because I got a three-month early out uh, in the Air Force. But uh, it was an experience I never, ever would have imagined before. And uh, originally, I went to tech school in Denver and then got sent to uh, Barksdale Air Force Base, which is in Louisiana. And then my last part of the last probably 18 months or so, besides the six months in Guam, uh, was in March Air Force Base in Riverside. So I got to see some very unusual places, and uh, it was really quite the experience. So being a veteran, uh, really kind of... um, just an amazing experience. There's no getting around it. So if you do have any questions or concerns about your plant material, 314-436-7900 or 1-800-925-1120. Back after these messages. I apologize to all the people who have sent me emails and everything else and phone calls. I've been lacking. There's been so many crazy things going on that has just tied me up, and so I apologize. I haven't got back in touch with you in a timely manner, but hopefully things will get straightened out Internet-wise and everything else and mentally in my head, and I'll get back and get the answers to you. And one of the questions, one of the more recent ones, is the lady had, uh, I think, two young dogwoods, and I forget what the other tree was. And uh, she had some deer damage, and she wanted to know what she should do about it. And just basically, if you do have some deer damage, uh, you just want to anything that's frayed, just cut all that stuff off because it's just an opportunity for moisture to get in there and cause problems from a, a rot standpoint. So that's most important. And there are several, you know, plants that are not attractive to deer, but that does not mean they won't rub them. You know, if they, you know, some of them are just, some deer are just crazy. But some of the trees that they don't necessarily like are ginkgo trees. Uh, Let's see, uh, American holly, paperbark birches, and and some of the shrubs, witch hazel, vitex. They don't like hawthorns either. And some of the perennials that they don't like, they don't really like the fuzzy ones at all. Or uh, let's say even the purple coneflower which the foliage on that is kind of fuzzy. And that, that and some of the bulbs they don't necessarily care for are alliums, crocus, snowdrops, and annuals, marigolds, and lantana, plus a bunch more. So the deer are really kind of nuts if you live in an area where the deer are problematic. Let's go over to Linda's house. Hi, Linda. Hi, Mike. Hi. Um, I have a situation, I guess it's because of this crazy weather, uh, I had a clematis. It's not a a fall blooming clematis, but it bloomed at one bloom. Is that really unusual? Only once, or you mean just one flower? No, one one bloom. It was a special occasion, so it bloomed at one bloom, 
And I thought that was really pretty rare. Now, how old is this clematis? It's two years old. Two oh, years. no, it bloomed, be- it bloomed beautifully in the spring, but just this past week, it, it bloomed out one Oh, more I bloom. see. Right. <laughs> that is a little bit unusual, but that just shows you how goofy the weather is. And, uh, you know, that bud was sitting there and said, well, I might as well go ahead and show off. Right. So, And then also, one of my hybrid tea roses has new growth on the top and buds, but there's no way that they're going to bloom, you know, before I think next weekend it gets really cold in the 20s. Should I cut all that? I think I do still have some that, you know, can form the rose hips, but should I go ahead this week and cut all that off so that would it be really damaging well, to the, the rose bush if, if yeah, it, the, it all freezes. Yeah, the pruning, especially on the hybrid teas, grandiflores, and floribundas versus the shrubs, they should be pruned back. And, uh, I mean, back to like 12 to 14 inches. And, uh, I mean, so just don't cut the, the top tips or anything off. And then, of you know, then they're going to need some mulch, too. About uh, Oh, yeah, we always mulch them. Yeah, six to eight inches of mulch, you know, over that... Uh, that transition point. Yeah, we have plenty of leaves for that for sure in the backyard. Everybody <laughs> leaves from all the other yards. <laughs> okay, well, thank you. Enjoy the show. Well, great. Well, thank thanks you for, for the having advice. me. Yep. And now let's head over to Greg's yard. Hi, Greg. Hey, good morning. Good morning. Um, with knowing that it was going to rain last night, um, figured, well, a good time to fertilize. So I did fertilize, and the guy told me, well, pro- I wasn't sure of the setting because I got, like, a commercial from a place for fertilizer. And it was a 3203, uh, 50% urea. So he said probably just set your setting at about, like, half of what it would go, like 15. I put it on, like, a 7. Um, did the front part, but I think, man, that's coming out too fast. And so I bumped it down to, like, a 4.5 to 5. And then it worked out fine. But the front that I put, probably a little bit heavy. Uh, with that rain last night, you think I'm going to be fine with it, uh, you know, diluting and washing in? Yeah, I don't see. So was this granular, I'm assuming? Uh, it was granular. Yeah. So, I yeah. with the rotary. I think we had a probably adequate amount of rain. I don't know what, you know, what you had. But here in the city, there was probably enough rain, that, you know, to take care of it. And then with the first number being nitrogen, that's only going to stay basically in the soil for a couple of days, and then it becomes a gas and heads up into the sky. So mm-hmm. then, yeah, it was a semi-slow release. You know, instead of like fifty percent urea, so right. I know a lot of it get in there fast, but yeah, it just kind of surprised me. I, you know, I go, man, I checked it, and my setting the last time I think it was four and a half or so, but I put on you know about a seven. So right. So it didn't, wasn't a ton, but at least I, I caught it before I did all of it. But, <laughs> <laughs> but it's a real healthy yard anyway, so hopefully that'll help. Well, uh, so what, probably don't worry about it uh, burning and doing anything right now. Right. So I'm assuming this was a cool season lawn? Yes, it is. Okay. So I was going to say, if, if you fertilize zoysia, that wasn't so good. But uh, Oh, no. No. Yeah. And it's really kind of, you know, it is a little bit late to be fertilizing, but, uh, you know, I wouldn't fertilize after this point because you could force some growth. And with that cold weather coming, it could, uh, you know. Could. Right. I mean, it is actively growing, and a couple places said, yeah, it's oh, a good great. time to do it. So, 
It was my final fertilizing. So. All right. Perfect. All right, so I shouldn't worry about it then. No, don't. <laughs> Very good. That uh, eases some pain then. Thank you. <laughs> sure, my uh, pleasure. Bye-bye. Thank you. And now let's head, head from Greg's over to Debbie's yard. Hi, Debbie. Hi, Mike. Hi. Good morning. I have a question. We um, we planted two peach trees this spring, and um, we just noticed on both of those peach trees that like the bark is kind of rubbed off. We think maybe deer got to them. So what are we supposed to do about that? Do, do we try to put anything on that, that bark, or just leave them alone? Well, like I was, I said about the lady that called about her dogwoods, if, you, if there's frayed you know, bark, you know, take a scissors or a razor blade knife or something and cut any frayed stuff off. But anything else, just leave alone. Those, okay. You know, those uh, sealers and everything else of days of old, they really weren't to the advantage of the plant material at all. And uh, how low or was this at the top of the, the peach trees or where was this? It's kind of in the middle of the, of the trunks. Hmm. Because usually they don't, you know, go down that low, you know, as far as rubbing. So... Yeah, but, I mean, they're small, too. I mean, I wouldn't think either one of them are more than six feet tall. Right. Yeah, so just any frayed stuff, just get rid of that and just kind of leave it alone. Okay. All right. Thank you so and, much. And what you can do in the future when you plant something is get some of the corrugated uh, plastic piping and slit it and then just put it around the trunk so that way that'll protect the trunk from uh, any you know any more of this stuff happening that's exactly what we did last night okay great <laughs> so they're covered now oh, i just wanted to see should we try to repair the the trunks or just leave them alone no just leave them alone okie doke thank you so much sure my pleasure all right bye bye yep and 314-436-7900 or 1-800-925-1120 uh, the gentleman who was, you know, talking about putting the fertilizer down, just keep this in mind. Excessive fertilization with nitrogen, even though, you know, part of his was urea slower release, actually can retard root growth by depleting woody plants of carbohydrates. So know that necessarily fertilizing is not going to be really to the advantage of the plant material, depending upon what kind of fertilizer it is. So uh, you should, uh, the nitrogen, the slow-release source, uh, you know, kind of split it up, which, you know, it sounded like that's what he was doing. And then also, when you get a soil test done, realize that the nitrogen, because it does become a gas after just a few days, uh, the soil test will never indicate that there is, you know, nitrogen in your, you know, in your soil at all. But the plant material grabs it really quick. And then, you know, takes advantage of that, and then the nitrogen heads up into the air, and then it comes back down when there's lightning storms. So all kinds of crazy stuff in the outdoors. Uh, let's head over to Dan's. Hi, Dan. How are you today? Very good. Great show. Hey, I want to hide my neighbor's house. I've got about a half-acre lot, and I wanted to put a couple pine trees in the back corner just so I, don't, I can't see his house as well. Would you recommend a white pine, eastern pine, maybe a Colorado spruce? What would be my best alternative? Well, it all depends on 
yeah. and, you know, l- large, like spread out. Right. So I would probably, is the area, first of all, is the area well-drained? Uh, yes, it's on a slight, um, slight pitch or hill. Okay. And so because any of these conifers really, uh, for the most part, don't like, a, you know, a wet soil circumstance. That's why I was asking that. So it would okay. be kind of a, the Colorado spruce is going to be probably the slower growing one. The uh, white pine will probably be, you know, one of the faster growing ones. Okay. And if it, you know, my soil's, uh, it, it's pretty dark and rich. There's oh. not a lot of clay in it. So should I, should I treat um, the ground with some sand or rock underneath the um, the ball? No, not necessarily. Just make sure you dig, you know, you dig the hole three times the diameter of the root ball, but only about 80% is deep. So in other words, the top of the root ball is above the surrounding ground. Got it. Got it. Well, thanks a lot. I appreciate your show and have a great day. Well, great. And just realize that, uh, you know, I mean, it's still going to, there's going to be probably two or three years before you're going to get any kind of noticeable growth. So just, you know, be realistic on what you can expect or anticipate. Well, that's a good follow-up then. Um, You know, pricing trees online and going to look at them in person, do you recommend two, three, four-inch trunk? I know you the price gets significantly higher right. the larger the diameter. But And I know it's better to plant small and young, but I want something, you know, a little more fulfilling sooner before I die. Right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, I mean, you could go one, you know, one of these uh, green giant arborvitae. They're pretty fast growing, but they're kind of narrow, so you'd probably need more than just three of them. Okay, and that's okay, right? Plant them in a row and or yeah. in a triangle or something. Right, and probably, right. you know, again, it's just depending upon, you know, what you want out of them and how fast you want because if you put them too close together, they're going to, you know, intertwine the branches and then they're going to kill the branches off each other that are intertwined. Totally understand. Yep, okay. I get it. I will... Uh, I'll let you know how it goes. All right. Sounds good. Thanks, Dan. Have a good day. You too. Mike Miller, KMR's Garden Hotline, back after these messages. This is the St. Louis Composting Garden Hotline with Mike Miller on the voice of St. Louis KMOX. As we look out our window, we look at actually on the north side of the Soldier's Memorial, but I start to see some blue skies. So it looks like the rain is over and at least right here downtown and, uh, Blue skies, and then there's going to be an event related to the veterans at the Soldiers Memorial and with a parade, I'm assuming. And let's head over to John's yard now. Hi, John. Hi, Mike. Um, I'm bringing in my flowers, and um, do you have any suggestions about uh, some poison or something to kill the bugs that they don't get in the house? Uh, just probably and. You know, insecticidal soap, just spray them and then also get some insecticidal soap. And what you need to do is, you know, have, you can get, a, you know, one that's uh, sprayable and then you can get a concentrate and then just mix it up and pour it around the surface of the soil. And that will help control the, you know, the gnats and things along that line. Oh, excellent. Okay, well, thank you very much. Love your show. Well, thanks. Yeah, and those two, I mean, the insecticidal soap is, you know, it's pretty darn effective, and it's, you know, as far as 
you know, organic wise and everything else, it really is. It's good. Let's put it that way. Perfect. Thank you very much. Sure. My pleasure. Now, there's other options and alternatives as well, but uh, that's the one that historically I've used myself for years, probably decades. <laughs> Let's go over to Dan's yard. Hi, Dan. Hi, Mike. How you doing, buddy? Good. Uh, I got a couple of lilac bushes I planted about three years ago, side by side, and the one is doing pretty well, but the other has Always has curly brown leaves, it's half the size, and then some scales on the bark. Should I take that bush out? Uh, it's, yeah, it kind of sounds like it. I mean, you can fool around right. with it and get it under control, but maybe it wasn't planted correctly as opposed to the other one. And uh, because lilacs, they need an, uh, an alkaline soil, so they don't want to be near anything else that, uh, you know, like evergreens that you, you know, want in acidic sure. soil. So. And uh, if it's, you know, from the description you have, it just sounds like the root system never really got well established, whether it was planted a little bit, you know, at grade and it sunk a little bit and there's too much moisture around that one as opposed okay. to the other one. But that's, it sounds like it's you root know, system. I think related. sometimes in the summer when it was, uh, sun was on it, I got sprinkler on it yeah, a few times. Right. And I don't know if that caused it to go sick or what, but. Uh, all right. Well, thanks. I'll dig that bush up because the other one looks real good. Yeah, I'm surprised that you had scale on lilacs because they're really not, you know, let's say it's not one of the favorite plants for scale to be on. So that's a little surprising. All right. Well, thank you. Sure. My pleasure. And now let's go over to Mary's yard. Hi, Mary. Good morning. Hi. I was thinking of in the spring a crab apple tree. My neighbor's oak tree is about 30 feet away from it. Uh, so it does get not full sun. You think it'll do okay? Uh, it's going to be leaning, you know, towards wherever the most, you know, direct light is coming. And uh, how big is this oak tree? Does it? Uh, oh, big. Yeah, Crestwood, you know, these oak trees. Oh, yeah. So, well, it's not exactly an ideal circumstance, but uh, it, it'll probably be okay. It just won't be robust. Let's put it that way. Oh, okay. Oh, what about winterberry for that spot? It does get some, you know, it, it's like on a little bit of a lean from downhill right. in the spring of that water. Yeah, I've... It doesn't stand or anything, but it's wet right there. Yeah, yeah, I would say that might be a better choice. Okay, and they'll do all right in the partial sun. Right, exactly. Okay, all right, thank you. Yep, winterberry and then also the serviceberry, you know, and... uh which maybe amelanchier, maybe the winterberry is a service berry, and uh, but uh, that's a good one too. Flowers early in the spring, white flowers, then uh, has uh, small red fruits on it, and then the foliage in the fall gets nice and bright and red. So, and we do have some phone lines open three one four four three six seven nine hundred or one eight hundred nine two five eleven twenty. And if you still got some dool- some daffodils and tulips and crocus and things like that, uh, get them planted before the ground does freeze. So the ground is not frozen yet by any means. And uh, you want to make sure that you do mulch over broadleaf evergreen root systems. The acidic you know, material best is like, you know, for that particular type of plant would be like pine needles, Cedar bark mulch and things along that line better than some of the other ones. 
And uh, perennial borders, you should be mulching them with about two to three inches or, or perennial plant material, two to three inches, again, before the, brown, the ground freezes. And uh, as the weather gets cooler and cooler and cooler, just uh, don't fertilize because you could really kind of force some, even though it won't be really obvious, some buds to partially open, and then they could be killed off pretty bad by... Uh, by uh, the cold weather. And uh, the hybrid roses, the rose, as I was telling the lady before or recently, uh, that the hybrid teas, grandiflores, floribundas, six to eight inches of mulch over the crown or graft. And uh, so that's, you know, it's a pretty pretty high pile, and it's to the advantage because that, gr- that crown or graft is, uh, I mean, it's... it's Let's say it's kind of weak. Let's put it that way. So, and now let's go and see. Let's head over to Rich's yard. Hi, Rich. Hi. Hi. Hey, listen. I put some green giants in earlier this spring, and they did good all summer. I kept them very watered. And yesterday, I noticed that the interior of the green giants have some brown foliage, and it makes made me nervous and. I'm wondering if that's the the time of year or if I have a problem. No, you don't have a problem. If it's the interior, that's just what you can anticipate for the most part for any of the, you know, any of the conifers. So whether it's an arborvitae like you're talking about, whether it's a pine, whether it's a spruce, they all have a tendency to lose their needles in the middle. I have a mugo pine, and it's a pretty old mugo pine. It's about probably 30 years old, and... Uh, I mean, every year it drops off some of the interior needles, and there's nothing you can do about it. That's just a natural habit, and it's just lack of light and things like that, and that's why the interior uh, needles, whether it's on the arborvitae or a pine or a spruce or anything else, turn brown. Okay, great. Any, I put all these you know, pines and arborvitaes in and this berm, Anything I should do over the winter for those guys or just leave them alone? Uh, you could do some mulch, a couple, you know, that would be no problem with that. But beyond that, uh, definitely don't do any fertilization at all during the wintertime. Okay, great. Thanks so much. Sure. And I'm assuming we're not going to have extended periods of, you know, drought during the winter. And so uh, you shouldn't have to do any additional watering beyond the rainfall. Terrific. Great. Thanks, Rich. And, Thanks, Mike. Uh, yep. Let's head over to John's yard. Hi, John. Hey, good morning. Good morning. Um, I live in the uh, my, uh, my front yard is actually 80% moss instead of grass, which is great because it's green. I don't have to mow it. But along the street, I have a mulch bed, and I'm trying to grow things there. And uh, just a warning, I've got a lot of deer. They ate my coneflowers. They ate my daisies, and they're not supposed to eat that stuff. <laughs> I was wondering if I, I tried some beauty berries. Those didn't really take. I was wondering if you thought maybe some holly bushes along the front might work. Uh, you could certainly give them a try. Just make sure it's, you know, the holly that's, you know, not like the uh, inkberry, which is in the holly family, but it has a smooth leaf and they are evergreen. But, uh, yeah, I would kind of stay away from, you know, I mean, it, it, you know, when I when I list stuff that the deer don't really like, it's kind of like, for the most part, they don't really like it. But, you know, if things get uh, a little bit screwy and uh, they could certainly have, you know, have some fun with them. Uh, 
you know, some of the perennials that they don't like. They don't like sedum. They don't like the vinca minor for a ground cover. They don't like uh, butterfly or milkweed, columbine, coreopsis. My milkweed won't go because I don't get enough sun there. Okay. So it's a a kind of a shaded situation? Very shaded. Hence hence the moss yard instead of grass. Oh, (laughs) well, then you could try uh, maybe Helleborus or or Acanthus (laughs) or uh, some columbine. You might try those. Or ferns. They don't really like the ferns. Like a Japanese painted fern, or there's several other types of you know hardy ferns that you could do you know you could give a try, and then if you the wanted combine. something if you wanted something you know woody in the in the shade circumstance, uh, maybe I don't know how big you want to get something, but uh, some of the witch hazels they seem to not like either. All righty, well thank you very much. Sure, my pleasure. All right, bye. And let's uh, see. Okay. Why don't we go ahead and take a break, and we'll be back after that. And Mike Miller, KM Moist Garden Hotline. See you in a few seconds. This is the St. Louis Composting Garden Hotline with Mike Miller on the voice of St. Louis KMOX. Yes, let's head over to Walter's yard. Hi, Walter. Hi, how you doing? Very good. That's good. Um, I needed something to do for winter, and I was roaming around the yard, and I found some clematis seeds. Um, will they grow, and how long will it take to to uh, get them to do something? <laughs> well, you're going to have to be very patient. So, uh, were you know, were they off of uh, like uh, sweet autumn clematis? Is that where you got the seed, or was they off a different variety? Uh, a different a different variety, a spring variety. Oh, really? Wow. Yeah. Uh, well, you could give them a try, but I mean, you're probably looking. Let's say they do germinate. You do get them planted in the ground, and they do grow. You're probably looking at, uh, let's say, three to five years before you're going to get any flowers for the most part. Okay. Well, that'll give me something to do in the winter and give me something to look forward to. Yes. (laughs) All righty. Thank you very much. Sure. My pleasure. And now let's go over to Lisa. Hi, Lisa. Hi. How are you? Good. Good. Um, I have a question. What are the white trees that um, are growing right now that I see all around in Defiance, the bark is white? And probably a paper bark birch would be my guess. Or a, a paper? Or just a, you know, a white birch. A white birch. Right. Okay. Just, Ian, do you know of any places that um, have trees at a reasonable price? Because I have a lot of land that I want to put trees on. What kind of tree? Are you looking for specific type trees? I mean, if you want, um, if you want young trees, you can go to the conservation department. I mean, and they're going to basically give you trees to you know native or natural trees. And uh, but I don't know if you want something that small. Um, bulls probably. I didn't understand what you said. Uh, bulls. Oh. I'd like a small tree and maybe, you know, larger trees. Well, you know, pretty much the year-round garden centers are still going to be open, and they're going to have some trees. So what part, okay. of ta- what part of town do you live in? In Defiance. Oh, so, well, there's, uh, there's several nurseries out in the St. Charles County area, so you shouldn't have any problem, you know, finding some good trees. Okay. Thank you so much. Sure, my pleasure. 
And now let's head over to Mary's yard. Hi, Mary. Mike. Yes. I was wondering, good morning, first of all, but would you briefly discuss putting uh, roses to bed for the winter? And is there a problem with doing a little bit of light pruning? Uh, No. Uh, Are you talking about shrub roses or are you talking about the hybrid teas? Both. Both? Well, probably the shrub roses. uh, I wouldn't really probably do any kind of pruning on those. If you want to cut a couple inches off, you can. But uh, with the hybrid teas, you're going to cut them back down to any place between, like, uh, let's say, hybrid teas, grandiflores, floribundas, down to about uh, 12 to 14 inches. And then you're going to put six or eight inches of mulch over the over the crown. And when when should you do that? Do you have to wait for a really hard freeze? Well, not because really. Because all of my roses are blooming right. right now. So I mean, you could let them go ahead until they stop blooming. You know, until we get a cold snap. But uh, you know, you could go ahead and do it right now if you wanted to. Because if you go like to the St. Louis Rose Society. Uh, their web page, they're going to tell you in November is the time to do it. You probably want to get it done before Thanksgiving, just you know, just in general for the overall health of the roses. Thank you very much. Sure, my pleasure. And let's see, probably we probably couldn't, shouldn't squeeze, try to squeeze another one in. So Jeff and Donald will probably talk to you after the news. But uh, this is a time of year when uh, your summer bulbs, they sh- you should have them pulled up, or at least I've got a bunch of mine in the garage. They're still in the pots, and, uh, you know, I've been waiting for, a, let's say, a rainy day or whatever, and then I was going to dump the pots and get the bulbs out. Then let them dry, let the bulbs dry, shake all the potting mix off of them, and uh, let them dry, and then before I bring them inside, then I put them in paper bags after I label them. Because I've got a couple different varieties of cannas, a couple different varieties of uh, various things. Let's put it that way. So it's just you know to the advantage of the plant material, the summer bulbs to get them in the ground. And your mums, your mums are still. I mean, I'm surprised that the mums really still look pretty darn good. It's really kind of surprising. And uh, the just if you bought them, I, there's a house right down the street from me. They bought them in the giant bushel baskets, you know, well-budded and blooming and everything else. If you bought them that way yourself, what's going to happen is if you put them in the ground or left them in the pots, they're not really going to be able to survive the wintertime, to be honest. And if if you have mums that you've been growing in the ground to know if they're going to be, you know, if they're going to be able to make it through the winter and everything else, all you need to do is look at the base, the stems where they're coming out of the ground and there should be some small leaflets right there. And the small leaflets indicate that they're well acclimated and they should be, you know, coming back with no problem at all in the future. And your warm season lawn, your zoysia should be turning brown. I know mine is. I cut uh, my backyard with my final cut. I still have to do the front yard because I couldn't get around to it because there were so many leaves on it. But now they've blown away. But... Uh, just uh, you know, cut it down to about uh, any place but two, like two and a half to three inches, and that should be adequate. But uh, it should, within the next two weeks or so, be entirely brown. But it's not quite brown yet. But uh, 
So in your cool season lawn, you, if it's still growing, actively growing, make sure that... Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. You keep cutting it because you don't want the blades to get too long because it could create a situation with a fungus. Mike Miller, KMOS Garden Hotline, back after the news. Now at your service. Welcome to the St. Louis Composting Garden Hotline with Mike Miller on the voice of St. Louis KMOX. Thanks, Scott, and welcome. It's the tip of the trial hour for the Garden Hotline. I'll be giving the tip of the trial shortly, but right now you can give a call. We have some phone lines open, 314-436-7900 or 1-800-925-1120. With your ideas, questions, concerns, or comments. And by the way, thanks for having me on your show. We can discuss plant selection, cares for, ups and downs and all arounds of annuals, bulbs, edibles, ground covers, houseplants, lawns, perennials, roses, shrubs, trees, vines, and water gardens. I'll share my thoughts, but please remember my answers, comments, and opinions is not the only garden path that has to be taken for success. It's just to give you something to consider. Across the big board, that's Drew. He answers the phone. He's producing today, and uh, he pushes all the buttons and everything else. I do landscape consulting, which I call a walk and talk. You can go to my website, MikeMillerDesigns.com. On the homepage, there's an email and a phone number where you can reach me. And I also have a new email. I'm going to convert from my AT&T one to a new one called mmillerdesigns Twenty Two at gmail.com. So it's just one of those things transitioning to uh, something a little bit different. A tip of the trial is a special recognition for individual group or situation that's made an impression on me, and it's brought to you by St. Louis Composting, 636-861-3344. Tracy and I have done this a couple couple times. Uh, we're not going tonight, but tonight, Saturday, and it's so clear now, this is going to be a perfect circumstance. You can join with your family and friends at the annual fall fire 
Festival. That's tonight, again, from 5.30 to 8. And it's just a great event. And it's actually at the Green Center, and that's located on Blackberry Avenue in University City, 8025 Blackberry Avenue. And what this is is they have all this great stuff going on. There's live music. You can watch fire performers. There's bonfires. There's s'mores. There's professional artists that are going to be there. There's food trucks going to be there, special kids activity, and all kinds of other stuff as well. Beverages are included in the ticket price, alcoholic and non-alcoholic both. And so now the food trucks, you will purchase your food from the individual food trucks. But the drinks and everything else and the fire and the entertainment is all part of the whole ticket thing. So you can get your tickets now. Uh, they will be $15 at the door, but uh, well worth, you know, for the couple hours of going. We were just awestruck the first time we went, and then we went a couple years in a row, and then now uh, we're not next. We're not going right now as far as tonight goes, but you should go. Again, it's Saturday today from 530 to 8, and again, it's at the Green Center. More information if you need it. 314-725-8314, or you can go to info at thegreencenter.org with any kind of questions or anything else. And it's, like I said, it's a real unique event. And starting at 530, yeah, it will be dark at 530. And it's just, there's just so much to do. You can just, you know, or you can just, just, Enjoy. That's what it's all about. So, again, the Green Center, and it's the Fall Fire Festival tonight starting at 530. And, uh, again, phone number 314 5 no, 725-8314 or info at org. So let's take a call or two before we go to a break. Let's go to... Uh, why don't we go to, let's go to Donald's. Hi, Donald. Hi, Mike. How are you this morning? Very good. Good. Uh, I would like to know your intake on the Dusty Miller uh, plant. Uh, is that a perennial? Yes. And also, and also, does it hold its color throughout the, throughout the year? Yeah, it's and, um, it's pretty much evergreen. It will stay that gray color, you know, fuzzy looking. Now in the wintertime, yeah. it kind of looks a little bit wimpy. It doesn't look as bright and spark, you know, and let's say exciting as it does during the growing season. But yeah, it's still there. I see. Now, does it require a lot of sun or not? And do you fertilize it or? It needs minimum amount of fertilizer. It does the more sun, the better. If it's not in full sun, it's not going to be nearly as robust, and it won't oh. be as nearly as aggressive as far as spreading. And and you will have color throughout the year, pretty yes, pretty right. much, but more so in the summer. Well, I mean, the color will still be there. It's just the the leaves are not quite as rigid and standing up quite as robust as they do during the actual growing season. I see, and and it grows. Uh, it don't grow too tall, does it? No, it doesn't. Probably uh, individual leaves. It doesn't have any stems. Let's put it that way. It's really a ground cover. It's like a carpet. Oh, I see. 
Okay. All right, then you answer. Oh, on the sedum, uh, is it okay to break off the tops of them? You know what I'm saying? They done fell over and, you know, the purple tops done lost its color and everything. Or should I wait a little bit longer before I quarrel? No, no you can't. I'm assuming... You know, this is you know one of the the sedums that have a cluster of flowers at the top of it late in the season, like a fall type circumstance. If yes, the, sir. If the flowers are finished, you can go ahead and cut those flowers off. All right, then. I don't have to cut it too low to the ground. No, no, you don't. Because there's a clump right there at the ground, so you can cut the stem off down to the clump, but don't cut the clump. All right, that's it. All right. Okay, then. All right, then. I thank you for taking my call. Sure. Have a good day. You All too. Right, and now let's head over to Jeff's yard. Hi, Jeff. Good morning. How are you today? Good. How are you? Quick question for you. i got a couple crab apple trees in my front yard that are absolutely beautiful when they bloom. But but come around July 4th, literally within 24 hours of cutting my grass, they're already starting to leave, and, and I get a lot of brown leaves on my lawn. That lack of Fertilization, nitrogen, what can I do to possibly fix that? No, there is no fixing. Certain, you know, crab apple varieties just do that. And uh, just hopefully you don't have any upright junipers close by because they have something called cedar apple rust. And that causes the leaves to, you know, let's say get spots on them and then drop off early too. But uh, a okay. lot of times it's just a variety of, uh, you know, certain varieties will drop their leaves more so than other ones. Perfect. I thank you for your time. Sure, my pleasure. Mike Miller, KMOX Garden Hotline, back after these messages. This is the St. Louis Composting Garden Hotline with Mike Miller on the voice of St. Louis, KMOX. Back to the phones we go, and let's head to Jim's yard. Hi, Jim. Hello, Jim. Hello. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, all right. Uh, no, I was just wondering, is it too late to transplant a Rose of Sharon? Uh, we're getting kind of on the cusp, so uh, you could give it a try. I would, you know, myself probably, if you can get it done within the, you know, before Thanksgiving at least, you could do it by then. Just make sure you water it the night before you're going to dig it up. Have the new location ready to go, and uh, you should be okay. All right. Okay, that sounds good to me. All right. Thank you. Sure. Mm-hmm. And Bye. let's go to another Jim's oh. and see what's going on in his yard. Hi, Jim. Hey, good morning, Mike. Good morning. Hey, uh, what's your opinion of malorganite? Malorganite? Uh, you know, I think it's it's a really low analysis, you know, good amendment to the soil. There's no getting around it. So I don't – personally, I don't use it myself, but uh, – Historically, it's been around for a long time, and many people do, and they swear by it, and I don't think you can beat it. Okay. Hey, man, you have a good day Friday, brother, okay? Okay. Thank you. (laughs) And now let's head over to Barbara's. Hi, Barbara. Yes. Excuse me. Yes, Mike. Good morning. Uh, I have about a six-foot Japanese maple uh, that's uh, probably 10, 12 years old. It's covered with Autumn Glory Clematis, uh, which suits me fine. Do I need to pull that off of there this fall before uh, spring? Uh, yeah, it's not really to the advantage because 
you know, the, the density of the vines and everything else, even though they're going to lose their leaves in the wintertime, uh, is not really, t- you know, not all that good for the Japanese maple. So if the Japanese maple, I'm assuming you didn't plant the clematis there. It's just, you know, no, it came in no. with seed. I've got lots of autoboy clematis all over the three acres. Oh, do you? But, okay. Uh, so if I cut, so I pull it off now and cut it back to about a foot, uh, all of the clematis. I have a lot of it. If I cut it back to about a foot, I'm okay. Yeah, we- I mean, at least, well, it's going to start, uh, I mean, growing in the springtime, just like when right. everything else does. So it's going to be back over your Japanese maple. As long as you right. don't. Well, that's okay. I was just uh, uh, wondering when to do it, uh, oh. fall or spring. Oh, well, just, yeah, get it done now because you okay. can actually do it in this, you know, with the, with this right. particular variety because it blooms late in the season. You can do it uh, pretty much any time you want to up until uh, uh, probably mid-March. I wouldn't cut it back after that, but up to that point, you okay. should be fine. Okay. Do I cut Russian sage back now or uh, spring? Uh, you don't really even need to cut it unless you just want to. Well, how's it gonna, will it bloom again? Yeah, it should. Oh, okay. And what you can oh, do is just bottom. wait till springtime because it is a late season bloomer. Wait till yes. springtime and any of the tips of the you know of the perennial okay. that don't look so good, you can cut those off or you can just do it uh you know now if you want to, but you don't need to. Okay, okay, thank you. Sure. And now let's head over to Perry's. Hi Perry. Hi, how are you doing today? Very good. I have several questions. Um, I've planted coral bells this spring, and they did very well. And as a matter of fact, there's one is still blooming. Right. And I was wondering what I do for them over winter. And the same question for my hostas: What do I want to do for them over the winter? And when or should I cut back my monkey grass or lyrope, whatever you want to call that? Okay. And those are my questions. All right. Well, with the hosta, basically the foliage is just going to, you know, turn brown and just kind of right. lay down on the ground. So you can cut that Do off. I want to remove that? Yeah, that's more of an aesthetic call. It's not really going to be to the advantage of the hosta whether you cut it off or not. So it's more okay. or less for, you know, for your advantage. And uh, with the monkey grass, I would probably, if you want to, I don't know if you have just individual clumps or if you have a oh, it's all a, like a big ring around a tree. Okay, so and then some individual clumps. Yeah, so basically, once they start turning, you know, let's say kind of completely brown, just make sure that you cut them, but leave about the four to six inches, you know, coming up out of okay. the ground. Okay. And what was it? Th- what was the f- the original plant? My coral bells. Oh, My coral, coral bells. bells. They're new this year, and like I said, I have one that's even blooming right. today. Um, but I'm, are they like the hostas? Do I do I do anything with them or cover them with leaves or mulch or anything? Well, don't cover them. Just put mulch around them because depending upon the variety, they pretty much, I mean, they don't look all that good during the wintertime, but the foliage will stay persistent during the winter. Oh, okay, okay. Do I Can I put some, like, black gold on top of the hosta area once they die back? Yeah, you can do that. Okay. I appreciate it. Thank you. Sure. My pleasure. Mike Miller K. MOS Garden Hotline. Back after these messages. The voice of St. Louis, KMOX. 
We had some thunder, at least over our house uh, in our area last night. And here's a quote from Mark Twain. Thunder is good. Thunder is impressive, but it's a lightning that does the work. So in other words, it's a lightning that actually makes that nitrogen, which became up from the soil into the air, actually brings it down in the raindrops and, you know, fertilizes plants, soil, and everything else. So, but Mark Twain, I thought that was pretty interesting that he knew that thunder was okay, but it's lightning that actually does the work. And uh, lightning, how hot is lightning? A bolt of lightning can can reach up to 20,000 degrees Celsius. That's three times hotter than the sun's surface. Woo, that is pretty darn hot. Let's head over to uh, Mary's yard. Hi, Mary, how are you? Hello, Mary? Can you hear me? Yes. Um, I have two questions. I, I have a ginkgo tree that I planted as a sprout, and now it's over 20 feet tall, but the the yellow leaves are coming off, but the, there's long tips. Can I clip those tips off that they have no leaves? They're like... So you're saying that some of the twigs or branches or whatever didn't yeah, get they're in? Branches. They're branches, and they're, they're, they have yellow leaves down the branch, but then they grew these long, skinny tips with no, no, just now in fall, with no leaves. I would say you can do that, but I wouldn't bother with it. Well, but they will, doesn't look as pretty until, if they're not all the way to the end. You know? <laughs> well, that's true. So then I, then I have one other question for you quickly. Um, I grew long, really long neck gourds on this tall chain link fence oh, behind me. Great. And they're, they're still bright, deep green, you know, and light green. Right. Do I need to take them off the fence or what do I you can let them dry on you know the, on the vine, or you can cut them off and just put them in a protected location. Yeah. Okay. So that those long necks, I can I can cut them off now that they're still really green. Right. Okay. I got it. That's it. Thank you so much for yeah. all you tell us. Yeah, okay. and uh, I'll tell you what. Probably what I would do with the gourds is maybe cut off half of them and leave the other half on the fence and decide which you like the best as far as, you know, the drying ability and everything. Oh, okay. That's a good idea. Okay. Thank you so much. Sure. My pleasure. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Let's, let's head over to Scott's. Hi, Scott. Hey, Mike. Thanks so much for taking my call. Sure. I actually have a, a question about a ginkgo as well. Um, so we've had this ginkgo for maybe five years or so. Normally this time of the year, it would turn a beautiful yellow color. Right. And about a month or so ago, um, the leaves are still green, but they started turning brown at the tips, and that's the way they look right now. You're seeing a little bit of color change from a green to a yellow, but it's not that pretty yellow color, and almost every leaf has this brown edge to it at the tip. Um, is that just a sign that it didn't get enough water? No, it's probably not water. I would say it's probably related to, you know, we did have that dry spell there. We had a lot of rain in the springtime, then we had that dry spell in the summertime. And it could be related to that, but it's probably just related to all the different factors of Mother Nature, you know, through the summertime did that to them. But, you know, ginkgo trees are pretty much disease-resistant, and they don't really have insect problems or anything else. So I would say it just happens to be what happened this year. Gotcha. So it's probably not something that's it's permanent damage. It's just something that it's had to deal with 
now, and it'll be all right in the spring. Exactly. New the new foliage should come out and should not you know reflect what happened this year. Okay, and last question: Will those leaves fall? I guess they will, right? Oh, they sure. Started yeah. to fall, but they will eventually. Yeah, there's some ginkgo trees are just not. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only twenty-five dollars a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile, get four iPhone 15s on us, and four lines for twenty-five bucks per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Calling all pop culture enthusiasts. Are you obsessed with all things celebrity? Do you live for the drama, the laughs, and the unexpected moments that unfold on social media? Then you're going to want to tune in to the Comments by Celebs podcast. Join us three times a week as we deep dive into every aspect of pop culture. Whether it's dissecting the latest trends or just chatting about your favorite celebs, Comments by Celebs has you covered. We have new episodes out every week. Follow and listen to Comments by Celebs on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Now starting to drop their leaves, and so I wouldn't be too too anxious about it. Very good. Thank you very much. Sure. Mike Miller, KM Walks Garden Hotline, back after these messages. This is the St. Louis Composting Garden Hotline with Mike Miller on the voice of St. Louis KMOX. Yes, folks, we've got phone lines open, 314-436-7900 or 1-800-925-1120. This is still, I mean, a great time to have your soil tested. And the soil testing, it's an excellent gauge of soil fertility. It's an inexpensive way to maintain good plant health and maximize productivity within without polluting or anything else. So what you do, you take samples, you send it to laboratories, and they analyze, you know, they do an analysis of it. And the best time to take a soil sample, well, it could be taken in the spring or fall and uh multiple sites, if it's a new site, samples taken you know, from multiple locations, let's say in your front lawn, front lawn area, or in a perennial bed area, separate soil samples from separate areas, so you can find out exactly what's going on in each location, because that's extremely important. So make sure that you fill up a, a Ziploc bag. You, what you want to do is go down below any kind of root systems. You don't want any kind of stuff like that. You know, kind of going in to be tested because it's just going to Make it so that you don't get enough potentially soil available, and it's going to make a big difference on how you approach whether it is you know you, whether it's your soil pH. You think, well, my lawns need uh, alkaline soil. No, they don't. They need an acidic soil, not highly acidic, but they need acidic soil pHs zero to fourteen, seven being neutral, and above seven means alkalinity, salty, and below 7 means vinegar. So, in other words, acidic. And your lawn wants about a 6.5. So do not put lime on your on your lawns unless you've had a soil test done and it indicates that your soil is too acidic to have good, successful lawn. Let's now go over to Barry's yard. Hi, Barry. Hello? Hi, Mike. This is Barry. Hi. I got a question about uh, a money tree or money plant. Uh, 
my uh, daughter-in-law gave my wife one about two years ago for Mother's Day, and it looks like it's starting to outgrow the plant or the uh, planter box. What do I need to do? Uh, probably this late. I wouldn't be doing any kind of, uh, you know, so it's still in the original pot? Yes, it's indoor, and we water it like the direction said, you know. Right. Cubes, cubes of ice around it every four days or so, <laughs> and it's kind of, it's kind of. I don't know if that's right or not, but it's kind of uh, the trunk's getting bigger and it's getting taller. Right. I wouldn't worry too much about it because, uh, especially, I mean, it's it probably won't do any really dramatic damage. But uh, this is not the ideal time of year to be, you know transplanting something even into a, just a bigger pot. So I would just leave it even, in this leave it in this pot and then next year sometime uh mid March or so or even a little bit after that get a you know get a larger pot and put in only about 1 to 2 inches bigger than the existing pots. You don't want to put it in a huge thing. So that's the best thing to do and use potting mix not potting soil. Potting mix. Right. Okay. I was because it's indoors, so I was just right. It's a it's an indoor thing, and it's starting to get a little bigger, even though it's only a few years old. Well, I mean uh, that's great. So you're doing everything just right. Are you fertilizing? <laughs> no, no, we haven't fertilized. All we've been doing is watering it. Okay. So if if you're getting adequate growth, then you don't even need. But uh, just realize I'll, that uh, in the you know you may end up to the advantage of the plant to do some fertilizing, but uh, I would probably go uh-huh. online and just check out and find out which is the best fertilizer for that particular, you know, plant, that tropical. Uh, okay, I appreciate it. I just, I was getting worried because the trunk's getting, you know, it's probably twice as big as it was two years ago or right. so. But uh, again, yeah. just just don't do it uh, as we're heading into winter time. All righty. I appreciate it, Mike. I listen to your show every every Saturday. Well, great. Well, thanks for having me on your show, as you well know. <laughs> uh, thank you, Mike. Sure. My pleasure. And Bye. see ya. And we do have phone lines open, 314-436-7900 or 1-800-925-1120. Uh, the, so again, let's go back to the soil test, which is just, I mean, it's really important to know. And the University of Missouri Extension Service, they do the soil test, and they're less, I mean, they're not, they're not, let's say, free, but uh, for the information that you can get, uh, the money that you're going to pay for it is not really that extreme. And what you can do is there's actually an office in Kirkwood near the train station, so you can drop your soil sample off there. There used to be other a couple other locations you could drop them off. And they may still be available, but uh, I know that the Extension Office has that, uh, or University of Missouri Extension has the uh, office there in Kirkwood near the train station. So let's head now over to Michael's. Hi, Michael. Good morning, Mike. Um, A neighbor gave me uh, some strawberry plants uh, last year, and uh, this year they were pretty productive. But uh, I'm wanting to transplant them somewhere else. Can I do that? And when's a good time? Uh, I would wait until probably, uh, again, don't do it going into wintertime because they may not get their root system established good well enough before we start getting, you know, freezing into the soil. 
and that could do some major damage to them. So I would probably wait until, uh, let's say, probably, again, mid-March or so, or a little bit uh, okay. little bit even later than that in mid-April, and transplant them at that time. Okay. Uh, next question, can I uh, divide up uh, some uh, echinaceas and black-eyed Susans, and when would could I do that? Okay. Just doing it and going, you know, this it's just a little bit late in the season to be tearing up root systems, whether you're just digging up strawberries and, you know, you're not really tearing up the root system per se or when you're, you know, dividing things like this. Just we don't know what our winter is going to be like, and it could be some really major damage after all the work you've done. So just, you know, it would have been better to have done it a little bit earlier, but uh this late, I would, you know, you you may be okay. I would just say be really cautious if you're going to do it. Okay, I'll just wait till spring then. Yeah. All right, thank you so much for your help. I appreciate it. Sure, my pleasure. And if possible, the ideal time is fall to do it because the ground is warm, then the plants get their root systems, you know, newly established and everything else. Spring, the ground is cold, and uh, guess what? Then the the new plants before they get their root system really well established, uh, you're facing summer. And summer is like one of the worst seasons in many ways for plant material, especially newly you know, transplanted or newly installed plant material. So that's why you got to be really cautious about that. So let's go now to Jan's yard. Hi, Jan. Hi, Jan. Hi, Jan. Good morning, Mike. It's a, it's a weird Saturday morning, but um, love your show. Grown up on it for years. Just got a quick question. I have a, I don't know what type of hydrangea it is, but it is still blooming. And, I mean, it doesn't bloom until the fall time. And I used to, in the past, trim it down, and then it didn't really do much. So now I just kind of like let it stay and kind of die on its own during the winter. Should I continue doing that? And, I mean, it has this really pretty pink blossom on it right now. <laughs> yeah, I would say if you've had success with, you know, taking that approach, that's perfect. But should I break down any of the branches then in the springtime after winter's over? And Well, I mean, since it blooms late in the season, you can prune Basically, in this, uh, let's say, late winter, early spring, before new buds you know are set, because uh, it's blooming late in the season. So that's going to be later on, where the spring flowering stuff is actually setting flower buds right now. They're already set. Okay. So yeah. Why? Well, okay, because I threaten every year. I said, if you don't start blooming, I'm finding you a new home. <laughs> <laughs> You mean the landfill? <laughs> no, I'm finding some innocent friend of mine that's going to find some little plant, big plant in their their house. Uh-huh. But, but thank you so much, and you guys have a great weekend, okay? Great, thanks. Mike Miller, thank you, Mike. Mike Miller, KMOX Garden Hotline, back after these messages. This is the St. Louis Composting Garden Hotline with Mike Miller on the voice of St. Louis KMOX. Yes, let's go back to the phones and head to Cindy's yard. Hi, Cindy. Hi, Mike. Hi. Um, I have a false Aurelia. Um, it's probably about, oh, I don't know, three and a half feet tall. Um, I got it several months ago, and when I first got it, it got scale. Really Ooh. took a beating. Yeah. And it lost a lot of the – it was nice and full, and it lost a lot of its interior down low foliage. 
Is there some way to encourage that growth back? It's it's getting taller, but it's just, you know, it's kind of starting to look spindly. Oh, there's really not too much you can do, to be honest. Yeah. So. Okay. So, uh, and it, I should not be fertilizing it now. Definitely, Is that right? Yeah, definitely not. Now, did it have this? It must have had the scale on it when you bought it, because, I mean, scale is it's generally doesn't it can't fly or anything, so it has to be, you know, on the plant. You know, when you got it, unless you're putting it near something that has scale, and the scale's coming off that plant onto the new plant. Yeah, I don't know where it came from, because um, when I bought it or when I first got it, I actually got it through a mail order. But it looked really healthy. It didn't have any, any, you know, I couldn't see anything on it. But then all of a sudden it just sort of bloomed. <laughs> and, <laughs> and uh, I, yeah, I don't know if it just kind of can it lay dormant for a while and then suddenly show itself. I don't know. Yeah, I guess so. Now, was this, was the scale on the foliage or was it on the stems? Mostly on the foliage. Okay. On the, generally on the underside or on the top? On the underside. Okay. Wow. So you may not even noticed it when, you, especially if you got it through the mail, you just, oh, it really looks good. And, you know, if it's coming out of a production nursery or greenhouse, then it's going to look good. But uh, yeah. you probably didn't look at, uh, you know, the underside of the leaf. Maybe not. Maybe not. But nevertheless, I have it. It's It seems to have come through the worst of it, but it just, you know, it's like I said, it, it lost all that fullness and, and a lot of foliage in, in right. the process. Yeah, that's an unfortunate thing. Okay, well, thing. thanks very much. I appreciate it. Yep. Yeah, that's an unfortunate okay. thing. So. Yeah, yeah. All right. Thanks. Sure. And now let's head over to Judy's. Hi, Judy. Hi, Mike. Um, I have a very, it's probably 10 feet by 10 feet of large senior bed that I do seeds every year. Uh, and the flowers are beautiful, but in the spring, I don't have a lot of weeds that get in this bed, but I have those green onions. They look like green onions. <laughs> uh, yeah, they're right. horrible. Right. Is there anything I can do now uh, to prevent those? No. It's such a pain. No, you really can't because they're perennials. So, in other words, they're not coming back from seed and even a pre-emergent this time of year is not going to do anything to the advantage of getting them under control. So there's okay. not so there's not too much you can do now. When they when it you know you start to see the foliage come up, what do you do? Well, I can't honestly. I kind of wait. I oh. don't plant the seeds too early. <laughs> so they're they're kind of like you could put them on a salad or something. They're right. about I don't know eight inches tall. There's there's nasty. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I, I mean you. I mean you could get that under control if you want to use an herbicide, or you can okay. dig. You can dig them up. I mean, there's a little onion bulb at the end of those individual oh, I know. leaves. Yeah, yeah. Normally, I dig them up. Oh, I think you? I'm gonna. I don't know. Hire the grandkids to do it for me next spring because <laughs> uh, they are, and they're everywhere. Oh they're my just goodness! All over the place. So yeah. I mean, it's it can be very invasive for sure. So well, once they, they get well established, and especially in a situation like what you have, where you got the zinnias and you're taking care of the zinnias, and I'm assuming you're fertilizing and everything yes. else, and yeah. the bed is a good, you know, has good soil to it. So it's a perfect environment for them. So that's why they're doing so, yeah. getting yeah. worse and worse and worse. It's a good environment for a vegetable garden, I think. <laughs> uh, 
But I'll go back to digging them up and, you know, uh, go back to the beautiful bed before I dig them all up. Right. Thanks so much for your show. Sure. Thank you. And, uh-huh. And th- Bye. Yeah, thanks, Judy, and thanks to everybody for calling in. Now, remember, you know, if you got a lot of, if you got trees, you know, in your yard or trees nearby, don't let the leaves pile up over, you know, that's not really mulch, just leaves, because the humidity factor of leaves laying on top of your lawn area can be detrimental, whether you've got a warm season lawn or whether you've got a cool season lawn. So just keep that in mind. So, uh, and just watch out just, just in general. I'm glad we had this rain because we really needed it. And especially with this wind like this, it dries things out very, very quickly. So just kind of, you know, keep on top of things that, uh, you know, need maintenance-wise. Have a tree service come out and take a look at your trees with all this wind to make sure there's not a, a cracked branch. What made me think of that is when I was coming, uh, you know, from South City, I come Gravoy to get here to the station, and I thought, what is that ahead of me? And what it was is a tree, you know, uh, growing in the parkway, along Gravoy there, where Gravoy becomes Tucker, becomes, you know, blah, blah, blah. But uh, a tree got knocked over. So it was laying out in the street. Uh, I I wasn't paying enough attention that, uh, I mean, I was, but I avoided it. But it was still, you know, kind of problematic. So just, you never know when there's been cracks and branches and things like that. So just be conscious of that and just kind of keep... Keep up with everything. Your plant material is going to love it. Mike Miller, KMYS Garden Hotline. See you next week. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for well-qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Calling all pop culture enthusiasts. Are you obsessed with all things celebrity? Do you live for the drama, the laughs, and the unexpected moments that unfold on social media? then you're going to want to tune in to the Comments by Celebs podcast. Join us three times a week as we deep dive into every aspect of pop culture. Whether it's dissecting the latest trends or just chatting about your favorite celebs, Comments by Celebs has you covered. We have new episodes out every week. Follow and listen to Comments by Celebs on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts.